Hi, this is Jason King, and you're listening to the Health Policy and Advocacy Nursing Network, also known as HPAN. The Indiana General Assembly just completed the first half of the session. The second half begins Monday, February 10th. There was a total of 913 bills introduced in the 2020 session. The House introduced 456 bills, and the Senate introduced 457 bills. Of these, 114 House bills and 175 Senate bills are still alive. The next significant deadline will be March 3rd, when House and Senate bills must pass out of the second chamber. The conference committee process then begins on March 4th. The conference committee process is expected to be completed by March 11th and the session has to conclude no later than March 14th. In this podcast, my goal is to give you a high-level update of some of the health bills that are still alive. Please understand that I cannot possibly describe all of the details of these bills and the length of these podcasts. If passed into law, some of these bills could have a, a significant impact on hospitals. To find out more about these bills, please go to the Indiana General Assembly website www.iga.in.gov. First, House Bill 1006, which is the regulation of tobacco products authored by Representative Kirkhoffer. This bill outlines all of the definitions around the tobacco products. It defines the age of purchaser to 21 years old and outlines the penalties around the sale of tobacco to someone under age. Of note, one amendment made it a Class B infraction to sell a tobacco product containing vitamin E acetate knowingly. This bill passed out of the House and has been referred to the Senate, with Senator Charbonneau as the Senate sponsor. This bill was referred to the Committee on Health and Provider Services. On the Senate side, Senate Bill 1, Tobacco and Vaping Smoking Age, authored by Senator Charbonneau, passed out of the Senate. There are a few differences between the two bills that will need to be resolved but also had an amendment making it a Class B infraction to sell a tobacco product containing vitamin E acetate. One of these bills should eventually become law. Senate Bill 3, Healthcare Provider Billing, authored by Senator Charbonneau, prohibits billing a patient who receives emergency services from an out-of-network provider and its specified facilities that are in-network for amounts that exceed the cost paid by the patient's insurance plus any deductibles, co-payments, and co-insurance amounts. Outside of emergency services, it requires estimates for services to include a range of cost for a service or procedure to be provided by an out-of-network provider. The bill now requires five business days instead of five days to provide a good faith estimate. It also specifies that when a service or procedure is performed in a hospital, ambulatory outpatient surgical center, or birthing center, the facility is responsible for providing the estimate to the patient instead of the practitioner. This bill has now been referred to the House. The reason that I review some of these bills is that I believe it is important for nurses to be aware of health policy in our state. I know that several of these bills do not affect nurses directly, but they do directly affect our patients, the hospitals we serve, and as consumers. The intent of Senate Bill 3 is to provide um, prevention to surprise billing for patients. The same with House Bill 1004, which would reduce out-of-network prices to the lower in-network costs. House Bill 1004 passed out of the House and was referred to the Senate Committee on Health and Provider Services. 
Senate Bill 4 is an all-payer claims database bill authored by Senator Charbonneau. It establishes an advisory committee to establish a database across all payers and at all levels. The committee would establish the framework and implementation plan for the database. The information would be used to increase transparency and public reporting of safety, quality, cost, and efficiency information. Once the database is structured, it would provide the data to the public and consumers of healthcare in a user-friendly format. This bill passed out of the Senate and was referred to the House Public Health Committee. House Bill 1150 is the Indiana State Board of Nursing. It was authored by Representative Mayfield, provides that two of the registered nurses appointed to the Indiana State Board of Nursing must be advanced practice registered nurses and provides that one of the advanced practice registered nurses must have prescriptive authority. This bill did not make it out of the Public Health Committee, but the language itself was placed into an ongoing bill, House Bill 1392, which defines practitioners, both PAs and NPs, who can sign a death certificate. This bill was referred to the Senate. Senate Bill 98 is a certified registered nurse anesthetist, authored by Senator Becker and Charbonneau, requires a certified registered nurse anesthetist to administer anesthesia under the direction of a physician or podiatrist during certain surgical procedures. This was a change in the language from, quote, remain present in the facility to, quote, under the direction of a physician. This bill would require that a physician be available for timely consultation with a CRNA, whereas current law states that a physician must be present. This bill is especially important to smaller hospitals. This bill was referred to the House. House Bill 1008 is the Occupational Reciprocity. It's a bill that addresses occupational licensure reciprocity. As introduced, the bill would require any board under the jurisdiction of the Professional Licensing Agency that issues a license for certain regulated occupations to issue a license to an individual who meets these six criteria. First, is licensed in another state, has established residency, has passed a substantially equivalent examination, is and has been in good standing, pays a fee, and completes the licensure application form. This legislation should potentially make it easier to recruit out-of-state healthcare providers to Indiana by expediting the process. This bill passed out of the House and was referred to the Senate. One final update, I spoke at the beginning of this session about surgical smoke. According to AORN, surgical smoke is the result of human tissue contact with lasers and electrosurgical pencils, commonly used for dissection and hemostasis during surgery. The smoke has unpleasant odors and has been shown to have mutagenic potential. A bill was not introduced in this session, and according to the Indiana Hospital Association, legislators would like the various stakeholders to come together on this issue to address the concerns without the need for legislation. Please continue to use the Indiana General Assembly website, www.iga.in.gov, to learn more about these bills and others. As always, if you want to get more involved in advocacy and are looking for help, please contact me at jking at iuhealth.org, and I will gladly help you become more involved. If there's ever any content or education that you'd like for me to cover, please let me know. You can follow me on Twitter at jking underscore iuh, and as a unified team, together, we can lead the transformation of healthcare through quality, innovation, and education, and make Indiana one of the nation's healthiest states.